I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. Final segment of today's episode of the program. I want to try to cover a lot of ground here. Earlier in the program, there were numbers released by the Utah Department of Health, the numbers uh, relating to the coronavirus here in the state of Utah. That's the number of positive cases, 564. There was an increase of 564 cases from yesterday, positive cases. Uh, In terms of hospitalizations, there was an increase of 21 since yesterday, meaning that currently hospitalized in Utah hospitals are 193 positive COVID-19 cases. That's a high watermark. That's unfortunate because that's really the number we need to keep an eye on. We don't know, or at least I don't know. I'm sure it is known somewhere, just not publicly disclosed at the moment, the total capacity in terms of real numbers. How many beds are there out there able to receive sufferers of the coronavirus? Right now, we're occupying 193 of them. It's certainly closer to capacity than we have been in the past, but unsure exactly what capacity is. Now, uh, this is the number you wait for and you hope isn't uh, anything other than zero. Unfortunately, today I do need to report that there has been one death attributed to the coronavirus, a male from Davis County. Uh, He was hospitalized at the time of his death and between the ages of 65 and 84. So we'll continue to follow that. Oftentimes when I share these, these data points, which come from the Utah Department of Health each day. There are some that ask about demographics and trends and geographic uh, ha- happenings. And I'll tell you, all of that information is available. There's no, uh, you know, there's no concerted effort to keep that information from the public or anything like that. If you make your way to coronavirus.utah.gov, there will be a little button you can click on there called Case Count. You click on that, the first thing you'll see, uh, the numbers that I have shared with you here. But up along the top, you'll see that you can break down those numbers into further categories and answer some of your questions about demographics and geography and trends over time and such like that. It's a wealth of information, and uh, ever since the Department of Health has started sharing that, I've been very grateful uh, because it gives a remarkably robust understanding of what's happening here in Utah. So if you're into numbers, uh, that's your source for all the coronavirus numbers here in Utah, coronavirus.utah.gov. I have a few more numbers to share with you, uh, these numbers having to do with, uh, the, uh, with the fires that are burning. You heard uh, from uh, Mark Juke a, a moment ago that there, uh, aside from the, the few fires that we have heard about, that there uh, were, in fact, 37 wildfires over the past weekend here in the state of Utah. 37 new wildfires. 37. And now, while that is a startling number, here is the number that should really catch your attention. It has been determined that more than 20 of those 37 fires to burn here in the state of Utah over the weekend more than 20 of them were human-caused. All right? Now, what is that? That's people not putting their fire campfires out sufficiently. 
It is those engaging in the unwise and sometimes illegal practice of uh, fireworks outside of the July 4th and Pioneer Day weekends. It's also, in some cases, irresponsible uh, target shooting. Now, you hear me use those words, irresponsible and unwise. There are safe ways to engage in camping and target shooting and fireworks displays. There are safe ways to do it. Because it's sure more than 20, you know, that are, that are recreating via any one of these three methods. And the majority of folks have it figured out in a way that they're able to do so safely. So please, as I share these numbers with you, take it as a, a little bit of a, uh, of a warning or at least uh, a reason to double-check the safety protocols, even the laws that apply to uh, camping, target shooting, fireworks. Because right now here in Utah, uh, we are in the middle of the season, the season where the littlest spark or the smallest unattended fire can have dramatic ramifications. We're lucky that at Traverse Mountain and in Saratoga Springs that no lives have been lost. There's been some property damage. And there have been those to lose their lives in wildfires. Both citizens of a community and those who sign up, who volunteer to combat the fire, fire the fight in the role of, uh, say, smoke jumper or firefighter or any number of the professions dedicated to keeping people safe when fire rears its head. It's a, it's a sober, sombering reminder, okay, but one we got to uh, take mind of and uh, take note of from time to time, all right? Uh, I have rambled on for a little longer than I had thought. My plan was here to talk to you about a little chapter of my childhood, one that involved a gentleman named Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese. You ever, uh, as a kid, enjoy a birthday party there? Or maybe as a parent, have you ever taken your child to Chuck E. Cheese to play in the ball pit, to play the video games, to collect those uh, tickets to then redeem for some kind of prize, which you'll lose or drop in the minivan on the drive home. But for a moment, you feel like king of the world when you've got a big fistful of tickets and tokens ready to uh, trade for a prize. Well, every few days we hear of some new company which is either in the process or getting close to succumbing to the coronavirus. It turns out Chuck E. Cheese is not immune. They have filed, or the parent company of Chuck E. Cheese has filed for uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Now, if, if the coronavirus has taught us anything about bankruptcy, <laughs> it is that there are different types of bankruptcy. Neither are great. Certainly you don't want to face one of them yourself or you don't want to find yourself in the midst of uh, bankruptcy proceedings yourself if you can avoid it. But there are two types. There's Chapter 11 and there is Chapter 7. Those are the ones you hear about most often. Chapter 11 is where you say, hey, shoot, we are in some trouble here. We've got some creditors. We are carrying some debt. We may not be able to cover all that debt. Uh, would everyone be willing to come to the table and have a conversation where we prioritize this debt and see how we can make everyone happy or at least make uh, most of you happy? It's a restructuring of sorts, and it carries with it certain protections uh, from those creditors to whom you owe uh, money. Anyway, Chapter 11 is the circumstance into which Chuck E. Cheese's parent company has entered. That's one. Now, the other, Chapter 7, that's the bad one. 
That's the one where you say, all right, we quit. All right, we've got some assets here. Let's liquidate them. Let's send whatever proceeds we can gain from that liquidation off to our creditors. And hopefully uh, that will be satisfactory to all. And if they're lucky, uh, they'll be able to avoid some lawsuits. So as you hear these stories about bankruptcy filings, uh, be aware and keep an ear out for whether or not it's 11 or 7. When it's 11, there's hope. And the part of me that enjoyed going to Chuck E. Cheese when I was a kid, playing in the ball pit, which I just learned during my research of this topic that the ball pits have been closed for like a year. What the heck's that about? Anyway, chapter 11, there's still hope. There's still hope for Chuck E. Cheese. I've got to go. That's it for me. I'm going to make way for the great Jeff Kaplan as he steps to the mic here in just a moment, continuing coverage of the fires in Saratoga Springs and elsewhere throughout the great state of Utah, all coming up on Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio.